All right, so good to see you. My name is Corey Abney. I serve as the lead pastor here at Bell Shoals. And uh, we are in a teaching series called Roadblocks, where we're walking through some challenges that we face in life that often get in our way and present roadblocks to where we need to be, to God's design for us and um, our fulfillment, our ultimate joy and fulfillment in Christ. And today we are talking about the roadblock of people. (laughs) No, that's not a joke. That's for real. And so if somebody is with you or in the room here today, you recognize who's kind of a roadblock to you, would you just point them out? Um, Let's just kind of, (laughs) let's just kind of remove the awkwardness uh, here. You know, if, if, uh, if that's true of someone, no. It's interesting uh, as, as we think about roadblocks, we've talked about pride. We've talked about anger. We've talked about some internal roadblocks that keep us from where we need to be. Today, we're going to talk about an external roadblock that involves people, relationships. And, and what we're going to see is the need for meaningful Godly friendships. Now, now here's what's fascinating to me about our society. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed this. You know, we are more connected today than at any point in human history. We are more connected to the world. We are more connected to other people through social media, through the internet, through emails, right? Like we, we have more people working remotely today than ever before and more people connected to other people, uh, people you went to high school with. Sometimes uh, you're connected to people you don't want to be connected to. <laughs> through social media and through other avenues, we're more connected today than at any point in human history. But if you've noticed, we're also more lonely today than we've ever been. The amount of people dealing with Anxiety and depression is higher than it's ever been. Here's what's fascinating. We are more connected to other people than at any point in our history, but at the same time, people are more lonely than they've ever been. In fact, Cigna, the the healthcare provider, large healthcare provider here in the United States, released the results of an extensive study in 2020. Here's what they found. They found that a growing number of people are more lonely today. In fact, the the number of people who indicate that they are struggling with loneliness has gone up 13% from 2018 to 2020. And of course it's gone up even from then. Loneliness is more common. This is what the the survey found. This is a couple things I thought were fascinating. Loneliness was more common in men than women. And loneliness was more common among people who were heavier users of social media. The study found that the more you use social media, the more lonely you are apt to be. Isn't that interesting? Men struggle as much, if not more, with loneliness than women. And the more, this is what's so strange to the modern mind, The more connected to others you are on social media, the increased chances that you will struggle with loneliness, anxiety, or depression. Isn't that fascinating? 
We are a more connected world, but we're also a more lonely world. I saw a, a, a cartoon this week. It was contrasting like the generation in which I was raised to the modern generation. And so it had like two different captions. Same mother and child in each caption. The first caption had a mother pulling her son into the house, like for dinner, like a lot of us were raised, right? Remember being out there like when we actually had friends <laughs> who were like real people, right? Like in the neighborhood. Some of you remember growing up like you actually knew your neighbors, right? And like your parents would yell at you, come inside, it's dinner time. And like that was the struggle for the parent. And so the first caption in this comic was a mother pulling her son into the house. And the second caption was the same mother in today's society pulling her son out the house. And I thought that's, that's a generational difference, right? So we're more connected, but we're more lonely. In fact, Societies across the world are dealing with this to the extent that, check this out, a couple years ago, Britain actually appointed, the prime minister of Britain actually appointed a minister of loneliness. In 2021, Japan did the same thing. Japan and Britain right now have cabinet level positions in their government called minister of loneliness and their job is to address the epidemic of loneliness that is plaguing many people in their societies. Now, the United States doesn't have that, but it's probably coming. More people, more connected than any point in human history, but yet more people struggling with loneliness, anxiety, and depression than at any point in our history. And as we go back to God's word and we look at God's design, here's what we discover. Every single one of us are created for human relationships. That is hardwired in our DNA. We need friendships. We need people in our lives with whom we are sharing life. People who contribute to our happiness, people who contribute to our health because having close relationships contributes to our, our physical health and our mental health, and then people who contribute to our holiness. People who can say hard things to us, people who can hold us accountable, people who love us enough to help us along the way, both with encouragement and accountability. And so here's the way we need to think about this issue today of people in our lives, friendships in our lives, that we are made for relationships. We are made for, for deep, lasting friendships. Friendships contribute to our happiness, our health, and our holiness. But here's the key. We have to be very wise in the friends that we allow into our inner circle. I mean, we go back to God's design. What's the first thing in all of the world that God deemed not good? It was the fact that man was alone, right? And so God made man a suitable helper, an appropriate helper. And so we see we're made for relationships. It contributes to our happiness, our holiness, and our health. But, but here's the thing. This is what I want to show you today. Actually, God's word has a lot to say about ensuring that, number one, we have meaningful friendships. But secondly, we avoid the roadblock of having the wrong people in close proximity to us. And... I just have to tell you, I'm, I'm super excited to talk about God's design for us, especially to those of you who are young professionals, college students, high school students, middle school students, 
actually, every single one of us reach a certain stage in life around high school and college where really the most important thing about us relationally is who our friends are. Who we led in close proximity to us. And, and here's why we're talking about this issue today, because for many people today, especially people who are trying to follow Jesus, the roadblock standing in the way between where they are and where they need to be are the wrong people as good friends. Wrong relationships. And, and so here's a principle I want to give you today. I encourage you to take this down, especially if you're taking notes. Or even if you're not taking notes, just write this down. Put this in your phone. All right, there's a neat little app in there called Notes. And um, you can type this in. All right. Here, here's what I want to show you today from God's Word. The people closest to you should bring out the best in you. The people closest to you should bring out the best in you. Several years ago, I was meeting with a friend of mine who is an executive placement uh, 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 like expert in, in Cincinnati, Ohio. And he, he places high-level executives across the country in, in Fortune 500 companies. And, and he, he made this statement to me. I thought it was so helpful. I've never forgotten it. He said, Corey, the most important things about you are what you read, who you listen to, and who you hang out with. He said, that's true of every leader. That's really true of every person. The most important things about you are who you read, who you listen to, and who you hang out with. Think about it. Those influences you're allowing into your life, like what you're reading, who you're paying attention to, who you're listening to, and then who's in close proximity to you. Who are you hanging out with? And, and here's the reality. The closest people to you should bring out the best in you. And if you're not in close proximity to people who bring out the best in you, you have roadblocks in your way. <laughs> Let me show you just a couple of scriptures here that, that are so instructive. Proverbs 13, 20. Check this out. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Proverbs 18, 24. There are friends, right? A better word there is companions, right? Like not, not deep friends, just there are people, companions who destroy each other, but a true friend, a real friend sticks closer than a brother. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Bad company corrupts good character. When I was a, a student in high school, I remember going through this little illustration. Many of you have seen it and done it where like one person's in a chair and one person's on the floor and you kind of lock hands and one has to try to pull the other down and the other has to try to pull the other up. And the person who wins every single time is the one who's trying to pull the person down off the chair, Right? Even little old me could pull somebody down who's much larger than I am, stronger than I am, just because of this little thing in the universe called gravity. It's always easier to pull someone down than it is to pull them up. And so 1 Corinthians 15 helps us understand that bad company corrupts good character, right? Proverbs 13, if you walk with the wise, you become wise. If you walk with fools, you become a fool. The people closest to you should bring out the best in you. That's how you avoid the roadblock of people, all right? And so, and so let me give you a couple insights from God's word pressing into this issue, which actually the Bible speaks a lot about, uh, related to 
good, healthy friendships in your life that all of us need. All right, first of all, just make a note of this, everybody needs close friendships. I like the word close. Everyone needs close friendships. And I know some of you right now are like, I don't need no friendships. I'm a lone ranger, I do well, I don't like people. I can do it on my own. That's a foolish way to live your life. Some of you on the other end of the spectrum may have been hurt by some people close to you at one point in time. I totally get that. And maybe you're here today and you're like, it's not out of like pride that you're pushing back against this. Maybe it's just out of hurt. But I want you to understand that every single one of us are made for relationships and every single one of us needs close friendships in addition to our family. This is God's design for us. Proverbs 11.30 says this, the seeds of good deeds become a tree of life and a wise person wins friends. See, this is important. You, you can't lead a wise life unless you choose good friendships. Again, good friendships, close friendships in your life should contribute to your health, your happiness, and your holiness, right? And, and here's where we are in our society. We are a society, even though we're so connected, we, we devalue friendship. Friendship doesn't sell. When's the last time you picked up a book about friendship? When's the last time you saw a movie about friendship, watched a TV show about friendship? We are a society that's enamored with romantic love, not friendship love, right? Like our society has to have a love story in the center of every single show, every single movie, every single film. Even, <laughs> I love this, even like, um, like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. If you've seen the Lord of the Rings, right? If you've read the books, the love story between Aragon and these, you know, these are, this, you know, in the movies, all handsome and beautiful people, of course, okay? And um, in the books, there's really no love story until you get like to the appendix. But in the movies, the love story has to surface throughout because we're America and we have Valentine's Day. <laughs> and we don't really get deep into a storyline unless there's love there, okay? I know there are people close to me. I'm not gonna name anyone like my wife. I'm not gonna name her. And uh, listen, the, 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 the quality of the movie is always related to the quality of the love story. Okay, like I keep trying to get her to watch Transformers, right? She can't get there. She can't get there, right? And so our society, listen, has, I mean, we're kind of overkill on the old love stuff. Like it's erotic love, romantic love. Like that's kind of hardwired into pretty much everything we have. We, we don't really have that related to friendship. But, but here's, here's the reason friendship is so important for you. Here's the reason look, all of us need close friendships. Because friendship is not a biological or sociological necessity. Here's what's so cool about friendship. It's not a biological or sociological necessity. In other words, it's not a blood relationship, right? It's not family and it's not romantic love. It's not a you know, societal necessity for you to have a family of your own kind of thing. No, 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 friendship. Here's what's so cool about friendship. Friendship, someone who loves you as a friend, loves you without any hardwired requirement to do so. They're not related to you and they're not married to you. There's no biological or sociological requirement there. Friendship is 100% choice. 
Friendship is 100% volitional activity where, 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 where it's, it's deliberate, right? And so friendship brings something into your life that is unique. Your deepest friendships, your closest friends actually don't have to associate with you. Your family does. Right? All those weird family reunions you're about to go to this summer. You all have people there. We all have people in those family reunions. We prefer not to see, but we put on a happy face, give the hug and say, so glad I'll have to see you till next year. Right? But you got to see them. You got to talk to them. Why? It's family. Okay? Some of you have that dynamic with your family and they're called in-laws. Okay? And, and it's, okay, you have to talk to them. You have to deal with them. You have to hug them. They're family, right? Friends aren't like that. It's 100% choice. It's 100% deliberate. There's someone in your life with whom you have a close friendship. This is what you're designed for. It's totally unique. And the bond that's born out of that is different than family. It's different than marriage. It's something that is designed to be a blessing to you. Proverbs 18.24 says this, there are friends, right, who destroy each other. Okay, we saw this, let me just remind you, but a real friend, I just want you to delve into this proverb here, sticks closer than a brother. Why? What does that mean? It means sometimes your family will love you even though they don't like you. <laughs> they'll see you, they'll hug you, they'll speak to you because you're family, even though they don't like you. You know what's true of a friend? A friend will be near to you because they like you. He or she likes you. That, there's a friendship there. It's not a biological or sociological necessity. That friendship is there, it's present because that person actually likes you, wants to be in friendship with you, you with them. And even though the friendships may not be perfect, there's a dynamic there of choice, of volitional activity that brings a blessing to you. It's different than family, different than, than, than marriage, okay? And so here, here's the thing, all of us are designed for relationships and everyone needs close friendship. But secondly, make a note of this, not everybody around you needs to be close to you. All right, now we start to kind of work into a potential roadblock here. We're made for relationships, right? Everybody needs close friendships, but not everybody around us needs to be close to us. And here's what the scripture teaches. We need to be very, very careful about those people in our lives that we allow to be close. In other words, companionship is not friendship. It's good to have Loosely associated friendship, maybe. You know, like, it's more like companionship. You, your kids play the same sport and you see each other six months out of the year at the practice field and at the, at the games. There's people that you work with, coworkers, or people you go to school with. You've got companions, you've got friends at a general level, but you've got to be very discerning about those that you allow close to you at the core level. You see, companionship and deep-seated friendship are two different things. And and, and, and the scripture teaches that a friend, a true close core friend is someone who is there for you no matter what. Someone who's a friend to you, even though it might cost them something, right? Contrasted with people in your life who may be friends of yours because you bring something into their life. 
Can I just give you a little piece of a practical advice here? The wealthier you get or the more powerful you are or the more influential you are, the more people will associate with you to try to be your friend. <laughs> Proverbs speaks to this. Proverbs 14, 20. The poor are despised even by their neighbors while the rich have many, look at the quotation marks, friends. Proverbs 19, 4. Wealth makes many friends. Poverty drives them all away. What's the Proverbs teaching us here? That you will have people around you in proximity to you at times that should not be close friends. There are people in your life who will be in your life because of some gain to them. And I have some friends who struggle with this very thing. They're later in life, they've sold businesses, they've done something, God's blessed them. And you know what their number one challenge is? Late in life, this is true, developing close friendships. You know why? Because everybody wants to be their friend. When you sell a company for a billion dollars, guess what? There are a lot of people who would like to be your friend. And there are people today who struggle with loneliness because frankly, they can't discern between the people who really wanna be their friend for the sake of being their friend and the people who wanna be their friend because they think in the end it might benefit them in some way. The Proverbs speak to that. There, there, there are people in your life that may be companions, that may be casual friends, but they shouldn't be brought close to you, right? They, 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 they shouldn't come into your life in such a way that, that you're sharing life together. In other words, here's the foundation of friendship. Neither one of you need anything from the other except friendship. That's, that's choice, right? I, I just want to be your friend because I want to be your friend, I'm not asking for anything in return. And, and that's the foundation of true friendship. You have things in common, right? You're not, you're not, you're not trying to, um, to, to, to gain anything other than friendship. By the way, I, I think Jesus modeled this. That not everyone in your life needs to be as close equally. Think about this. Jesus loved everybody, right? Jesus cared for everybody. Jesus fed 5,000. Jesus trained the 120. Jesus discipled the 12, but lean in here. He was closest to three. And the three were Peter, James, and John. Now just think about this. In Jesus' life, he loved everybody. Jesus was a friend to sinners, amen? Jesus was a friend to sin. He loved everybody. He fed 5,000. He trained 120. He discipled 12. But he only mentored three. Peter and James and John were in the inner circle of Jesus. He spent the most time with them. He gave them access the others didn't get. You say, are you telling me that Jesus played favorites? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm telling you. And you should too. It's not that Jesus loved the other nine any less. But here's what Jesus modeled for us. He spent the maximum amount of his time with those who had maximum responsibility in what they would do. And Peter, James, and John were the only ones with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter, James, and John were the only three who were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. 
Peter, James, and John were the only ones present when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, which Peter was actually for. So there you go. (laughs) Here's what I'm saying to you. Every single one of us need close friendships. But not everyone in our lives should be close. We have to be very discerning about who is close, very careful about who is close. And we can maintain general friendships without that level of closeness. But those we allow to be close to us need to be on the same page as us. And here's the roadblock for many people. They try to get close with too many people or they try to get close with no one at all. Or of course, you've seen this, they try to get close to those who are bad for them. And if you walk with the wise, you become wise. And if you walk with fools, you become a fool. And so everybody needs close friendships, but not everybody in your life needs to be close (laughs) because last thing, just make a note of this, those who are closest to you will shape you. Those who are closest to you will shape you. Mark it down. This is an axiom in life that's 100% true. Again, this is how God has designed us for friendship, for relationship, for close friendship. And those that you allow in your inner circle, family, friends, whoever you put in that place, right? Core close friends, they will shape you. Here's the way it works. Listen to me, students, college students, young professionals, listen to me very, very carefully. Here's how it works. Early in our lives, our parents shape us. Right? Like a child's identity is first and foremost shaped by mom and dad. That's why children need a mother and a father. And that's why children need in the home where there's a mother and a father present, right? They, they, they need the priority relationship in the home to be the relationship between the mother and the father. Not the relationship between the Parents and the kids, not, not, not the father and the kids or the mother and the kids. No, no, no. If you're a parent today, the most important relationship in your home, I'm telling you, is a relationship between you and your spouse because your child's security and identity flows from the relationship between mom and dad. But then there's this puberty thing that hits. And our kids lose their minds. They lose their reason. They lose any reason for us to love them for about six, eight, ten years, right? And we wonder, like, what happened? Like, all the stuff we poured into them, and like, they were doing so well. And um, what's the number one risk to those of you, maybe, or those of you who have children or grandchildren? What's the number one risk to those precious souls, 15, 16, 18, 20 years old? I'll tell you the number one risk is who they allow close to them. Because identity shifts from parent to peer and who is close to them will shape them. Let me just throw these two scriptures up one more time. They're so good, okay. Some of you are like, he already put those up there. No, I'm doing it intentionally, okay. I haven't yet lost my mind to that extent, okay. I just want you to see it one more time. Proverbs 13, 20. Okay, lean in here if you're 15, 18, 20. Lean in. 
Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. 1 Corinthians 15, bad company corrupts good character. And the influence of unhealthy people in close proximity to us is the number one roadblock in young adulthood. This is why you will never hear me advocate for what I call evangelistic dating. Well, now I know he's not a Christian, but he goes to church and I'm going to date him to Jesus. <laughs> Ladies, that's not what he's thinking. <laughs> there is one reason he's going to church with you. And I understand there are a lot of young men who have been brought to Jesus through a beautiful girl in student ministry. Some of you, that's your story, and I praise God for that. But that's not our model. We praise God, he works through the exceptions, right? But that's not the rule. That's not the rule for a reason. There are more tragedies than successes. And I can actually tell you personal stories of friends of ours that we still grieve over Beautiful young women, sharp young men who dated the wrong person and are now not serving the Lord, not pursuing his will for their lives, struggling greatly. Why? There was a roadblock. Say, so what was the roadblock? The wrong person in close proximity. Why is that such a big roadblock for us? Because the person in the closest proximity to you will shape you. Evangelistic dating doesn't work, ladies. It doesn't work. How about this? Get him to Jesus and then date him. Like he should love Jesus for Jesus, not for you. Get him to Jesus and then we'll talk. <laughs> you see, and that's true of all of our closest friendships. Those who are closest to us will shape us through conduct and counsel. Let me show you a couple more Proverbs. Proverbs 12, 26. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Those of you who aren't parenting teenagers yet, just buckle up. At some point in time, your teenager is going to walk through your door. Mom and dad, let me tell you what I did. And you're going to be shocked. And you're like, why did you do this? Oh man, the boys were talking about it at school. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, the boys are morons. What do the Proverbs teach? The Proverbs teach that if you walk with the wise, you become wise. If you associate with fools, you become a fool. The Proverbs teach that the godly give good advice, but the wicked lead them astray. Proverbs 27, 9, look at this. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. And here's the blessing of good friends, somebody who's close to you, somebody who has the same interests, somebody who's gonna love you, not like family or, or a spouse, right? Like, again, that's the beauty of friendship, having a good friend or just a couple of good friends. It should only be a couple, by the way. It can't be 10. But having a couple good friends, close friends, people who have the same interests, right? People who are on the same track, people who, who, who have the same goals and, and, and people who love you just because they love you. 
not related to you. They don't have to love you. They love you because they want to love you. They're friends, good friends, close friends. The scripture says their counsel is the sweetest perfume and incense. And sometimes here's what that means. That person says things to you that you don't want to hear, but that you need to hear. And that person can say these things to you. Why? Because there are no strings attached. There's no family fallout. There's no marriage fault. They just love you. And, and, the, and the scriptures talk about this shaping process of good friends who give good counsel. And sometimes this good counsel comes in the form of constructive criticism or, or redemptive rebuke. Proverbs 27 says this, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. And wounds from a sincere friend are better than the many kisses from an enemy. You know what flattery is? Flattery is just buttering somebody up for your own selfish gain. Proverbs 29 says this, to flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. A good friend doesn't do that. What does a good friend do? A good friend will speak a hard truth. Why? Because the people closest to us shape us. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Having one, two, three close friends in your life, in addition to your family or your spouse, so important. Why? Well, you're made for relationship. These close friendships bring something into your life that's a value add. It's unique and different from family or spouse. And these friends help shape you, encourage you into who God has made you to be. And when you have the right people in the right place, it contributes to your health, your happiness, and yes, your holiness. Because sometimes those friends will need to be like iron for you. And there's a little bit of sharpening. Because listen, here's, here's kind of a, Another takeaway here, a true friend always lets you in and never lets you down. That's the beauty of having a good friend. They always let you in. And the goal is to never let you down. And so, hey, I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're one of many in our society, more connected than ever before, but you really don't have a meaningful friendship. Maybe you feel that loneliness or anxiety. And I just want you to know here at Bell Shoals, uh, we value community. We have this thing called the pathway where we talk about the importance of worship and connection and service and growth. And, and maybe you're not plugged into a life group. I, I want to encourage you today to connect with us at the round tables or by texting Bell Shoals to 77411 and, and, and inquire about taking your next step in a, in, a, in a group, maybe a D group or a life group and maybe form some friendships and relationships that I promise you will be life-giving to you. Friendships where no one's asking anything of you. People in your life who are not there because there's something that you add to them, they're there because they genuinely care for you. And, and that value add is what you're made for. And so if, if, if that's a, a need today, I wanna encourage you in that. Listen, if, if you're in that life stage where, where, where you right now, the Spirit's speaking to you, Holy Spirit's bringing conviction on your heart, you got the wrong people close to you. Can I just encourage you to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit and have a hard conversation and free yourself up from the influences closest to you that are shaping you in the wrong direction. Those of you who are single and you're looking for Mr. and Mrs. Wright, can I encourage you to set aside evangelistic dating? 
and understand that the people you allow in closest proximity to you are 100% gonna shape you. Hey, can I, can I encourage you, student, high school student, college student, lean in here, just make sure that you are protecting more than anything else the people that you are allowing close to you. They will speak into your life and your future more than you realize. And then here's the thing, ultimately, Here's the good news we have today. That a true friend always lets us in and never lets us down. Well, you know, we let people down and we have people close to us sometimes that let us down. That's actually not a, an attainable reality here, except for one friend that the scripture speaks of named Jesus, who is the true friend closer than a brother. A friend of sinners, here's the beautiful thing, always lets us in and never lets us down. Isn't that good news? And there are, um, of course, many uh, analogies used in the Bible to describe the ministry of Jesus. He's our savior, our redeemer. He's our coming king. He is our brother. We have the same father through salvation, through what Jesus has accomplished. Can I give you one more analogy that's used in this good, lean in here. Jesus is also our friend. Doesn't have to like you, doesn't have to associate with you, but he freely does. He always lets you in, never lets you down. Here's what Jesus said in John 15. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. He says, now you are my friends since I have told you everything that the father told me. Isn't that good news? That the savior of the world, that the king of kings and the Lord of lords has now identified as your friend? Like, doesn't owe you anything in terms of like, like, like okay, he's trying to, to earn your friendship, right? No, 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 he's just willingly, lovingly laid down his life for you, died for your sin, secured your salvation because of his unconditional love. He's not, he's not trying to like selfishly benefit from you. He's communicated to you all that the Father's communicated to him. And that's why he said in John 15, 13, there is no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. That's what Jesus did for you. If you're here today and you don't know this Jesus, I want you to understand you can't know true friendship because true friendship means that, 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 that you allow someone into your life, you let them in, you never let them down, or they let you in and they never let you down. You will only find that friendship perfectly in Jesus. He died for your sin. He rose from the dead. He lives now as our conquering King. That through forgiveness of our sin, and, and through committing to love and live for him all the days of our lives, we can know true joy and peace like never before. And we can cultivate relationships that are healthy and holy that lead to our happiness and joy in Christ. Because here's the thing, our friendships then as Christ followers with other, other Christ followers, right? That's a limitation set out in the New Testament. Then, then we're joining our hearts together with other friends, a few close to us who have that same goal of loving, honoring, serving King Jesus. They help us do that. We help them do that. And we're on this journey together because we're gonna share eternity together. And that all comes through the modeled ministry of Jesus. And the gospel brings people together who are very different, but we have the same deepest affinity. The gospel brings people together who would not otherwise be together. And therefore these gospel centered friendships founded in the salvation of Jesus, the friendship of Jesus bear great fruit in our lives. So protect that, 
Avoid the roadblock of having the wrong people close to you and lean into the joy, the beauty of Christ. A friend who sticks closer than a brother. Jesus, the one who always lets you in, never lets you down. And um, through Jesus, we can live life to the fullest.